They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Brant Menswar. I do my hair toss. And I check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? I'm feeling good as hell. That's right. I do my hair toss. And check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? Ooh, I'm feeling good as hell. That's how we start. For all the Lizzo people that have been begging us to play Lizzo. Get off our backs. Step off Lizzo in the house. That's how we do it. Welcome, everybody. And listen, if you don't like us anymore. You know what? You can just walk your. You can toss your hair. You can check your your nails. nails, and you can, uh, you know, baby, how you feeling? <laughs> Go dust your shoulders off. You know what I'm saying? That's what Lizzo told me to do. That's right. It's your favorite podcast. It's Thoughts That Rock, where we give you a couple pieces of life-changing advice. Uh, you take it. You tell us we're incredible. You go and you write that on reviews. And, um, you know, you spend about half an hour with us uh, in the process. Maybe 35, 40 minutes if the guest is really good. Or we're long-winded. One of the two. Doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter. Either way, you're getting 40 minutes. You get extra. Either way, you know what? It's been, this is, we're in, what, we're probably three quarters of the way through season three now? Yeah. Something like that, right? Until I'm ready to take a vacation. Uh, well, <laughs> it's been a vacation for the last how many days now? A, a year, year since a I've year. been doing this with you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Sorry, the passive-aggressive side just came wow. out. Wow. That's all right. Listen, how you feeling? I'm <laughs> feeling good as hell. Um, CKC, let's talk about them for just a second. Those guys are amazing. You know, it's it's part of why we do what we do here is to support the incredible work of Cannonball Kids Cancer and uh, their fight to find treatment for uh, kids who have been told they've run out of options, right? That's part of what they do. They go out and they find the option. If they can't find it, they try to fund an mm-hmm. option. Yep. Uh, they do amazing work. They are a tiny little powerhouse in Central Florida that works internationally from Scotland uh, to, to the U.S. Uh, with jo- children's hospitals and research programs all over the world. They do amazing work. Please check them out. CannonballKidsCancer.org. Yep. And listen, we totally understand how busy you are. You're busy, right, Brant? You know what? I'm not that busy, Jim. Well... <laughs> I'm going to have to pick somebody else in the studio, <laughs> though, so, apparently. these days... You got nothing. You know what? I'm busy doing a whole heck of a lot of nothing. Let's just say you do have a lot going on. Okay. I'm just going to assume okay. in the... Uh, you can't see me doing air quotes, but, but the new normal, oh, which you can't word. stand. Yes. I get it. Let's just say you're busy. You got a lot of things going on, mm-hmm. and we understand how hard it is to find just a little bit of something to make your life a little bit better. I we, always we say, these, if I could find just a quarter ounce. A quarter ounce. Just a quarter ounce of something good. 
Yeah, that doesn't sound right you at know? all. That sounds illegal <laughs> to me, but that's all right. These things are hard to come by. We call them leadership nuggets. But honestly, it doesn't matter what you're doing right now. You're listening to the show, and you're probably Mm -hmm. doing something else. You could be, let's say, changing out a carburetor. Ooh, this is tough. Maybe you're picking up highway trash. Maybe you're headed out to sea. This isn't chocolate. It doesn't really matter to us. We just want to be the 30-ish minutes or so that you've been looking forward to every week. That was inappropriate. I apologize. Let's get this show started. Please. Let's do it. Our guest today is Kendall Ware, who is the president and CEO of Orange Leaf Frozen Yogurt. Mm-hmm. I've known Kendall for a while. Were you mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the frozen yogurt? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Kendall, first off, welcome to Thoughts at Rock, man. Yeah, thank you both for having me. Yeah, I know we've been uh, trying to get you on here for a couple months, and uh, we're just thankful that uh, you were able to stop by and share some uh, some leadership wisdom nuggets, as we like to say. And uh, obviously, we're going to have Kendall's full bio in the show notes. You know, you can go and check that out. But just a cool couple of highlights I thought would be neat. First off, you know, Kendall's got 15 years of franchise business and leadership experience. And uh, he developed a lot of that when he was at CeCe's Pizza mm-hmm. and also Genghis Grill. Mm-hmm. You're just mm-hmm, anything with food. I'm loving point. all yes. of his past. <laughs> yes. He's also a, a certified franchise executive through the International Franchise Association. Uh, he led the strategy to create a new brand called Humble Donut Company, which we definitely want to talk about. You had me at donut. And yes. uh, acquired also an existing brand called Old School Bagel. Mm. So he's got a lot on his plate right now. And he also supports Chart, which is how I know him. That's an association of hospitality trainers. And uh, he was the recipient of Oklahoma's 30 Under 30 Award. Which uh, I know, Brant, you were Coco's mediocre 50 and 50, right? It's a little bit different than his award. His was very positive. I was going to say, I was I was totally into everything until he had to show off with his, his 30 age. under 30. That's right. That's so fine. He totally stomped on us with his youth. That's right. So we're just, we're, we're super thrilled that you're here, man. And, and I know probably from uh, you listen to other podcasts, this is probably a little bit different. We don't go through and do an entire hour-long interview, although, uh, you know, I'm sure people are super interested. What we really want to do, though, is get to the heart of the matter and find out your awesome best piece of advice. So we're going to leave the floor open to you, my friend. What is your thought that rocks? Thoughts that rock, number one. Awesome. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate this. Yeah, so I really want to talk about something that has, you know, been very clear and evident, you know, over the years when you're going to industry conferences or you listen to other leaders talk about their challenges. And turnover seems to be a very common discussion yep. and has been very consistently. Um, but the piece that has always bugged me is that, you know, at least my time in the industry, turnover has always been roughly at 100 percent or more. And there's been a lot of time, effort, um, and focus on trying to reduce that number, which I'm behind that as well, right? I, I see that the dollar signs and I see the challenges it does for the business. And so how can we reduce this and keep our people longer? Um, but at the same time, it's just, I, I see a lot of resistance there. Yeah. I, you know, I see it's something that we might not be able to control. And if it's been so consistent for so long, maybe it's time to start approaching a little bit differently. Um, so my thought for today is let's all embrace turnover by investing in people. Yeah. Love that. I love that. It's kind of, especially during these times, right? I'm like, it's, it's, you come from the, you know, listen, when you're in retail, you know, 
that if you don't embrace turnover, you're in for a long, a long haul, right? So how, how is that? Um, how have you actually been able to do that? Sure. You know, first and foremost, it's all about, you know, the focus of training, developing and educating all the team members with the intent of providing that birth, that best first work experience you can, yep. you know, knowing that you let the individual better than when they started. Yes. Um, you know, because it's very easy to, you know, get lost in the day to day, especially if you start looking at restaurants. Um, you know, let's, let's just look at your average restaurant and being a manager of one, you have a lot on your plate. You're putting out fires every single day. Um, so sometimes it's very hard to, you know, invest all that time and energy into somebody if you know that they're only going to be there for the summer yeah. or you, you know that, um, you know, college is coming up and they're going to be moving away. Um, so sometimes you might naturally feel like oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a little step back. I know they're leaving soon, so I'm not going to worry about developing this person as much as the person over here. And it's a very natural thing that occurs. However, you know, my challenge to myself and to everybody out there in our industry who's working with people as let's just all strive to give our best and start to teach people as much as we can about business. Um, so that way in their futures, you know, they can look back and say, wow, I remember my time spent at, you know, blank brand. That's where I developed all these skills that I'm now applying towards my career. Or, you know, I'm going off to college and, you know, during the lessons every single day, they're talking about aspects that I've already learned or been exposed to from this job. And it really just starts to prepare, you know, young entrepreneurs to go out there in the workforce um, and really grow a lot faster and have the exposure they need to take that next step. Um, so a couple of examples that, you know, we focus on and I know others do this as well. But, it's, you know, instead of just talking about, you know, the brand specific knowledge or the recipes or, or how to, you know, handle the guests and, and all the, the, the training aspects you have to, you know, teach in, in the business. Why can't we also teach things that they can apply to their lives or, again, in their future? So, for example, it could be something as small as, hey, here's the importance of opening up a savings account. Love that. Um, here's, how, here's how taxes are calculated. Mm. Um, you know, shifting over to the business side, um, you know, here's what food cost is. Here's how you calculate it. Here's the impacts it has on the business. Uh, and by the way, here's how you can actually be a part of this uh, to make it better. Um, you know, given the education, uh, the relationship between franchisor and franchisee, um, how to read and dissect the P&L, um, just things that some, you know, people aren't exposed to until way later in life. Um, and they kind of have a lot of aha moments or eye openers. Um, and then they have to start learning, you know, all those details when we could be the ones who take our, our opportunity that we have with them, whether it's a short term or long term. And we share all that. Whether that's uh, through digital formats, whether that's through, um, you know, just sit downs and one on ones. Um, but I think it's just crucial, especially for the future workforce, that we find those avenues to expose all people, regardless of role. Right. A, a lot of times you'll see companies restrict content or lessons yeah. and courses to the role that the person has. But I say we open all that up. And if you have a 16 year old person who's, um, you know, joined your brand. And they're taking the time to go through the food cost course and the business management course and how to become a franchisee and all these different courses. You might be looking at your bench of future leaders. Yeah. Um, and so it's very important to pay attention to those who want to go that extra step and take advantage of all that you have to provide. And again, they're going to remember that for the rest of their careers. And the point that you're making is, you know, the turnover 
there's going to be high turnover in this industry regardless, right? But if you wind up doing the things you're talking about, you know when they leave, they're going to talk positively about you. They're probably going to use you as a consumer. And to your point, maybe they return as a leader in the organization. And ironically, you're talking about embracing turnover and, and doing these cool, awesome developmental type things. You, in fact, as a byproduct, reduce turnover. You'll get people to stay with you longer anyway, knowing, I mean, the goal should always be try and get as many people to stay with you or at least the right people. But if you just accept it's going to be high in this industry, do the best you can to create the best them that you can. And and who knows where that leads? It, I, I think it's fantastic. Absolutely. And it's just, it's fascinating because yes, in a nonchalant way, you're, you're still going after the approach of reducing the turnover. Yeah. But instead of instead of just always trying to combat it for the numbers and, and what it is today, it's just shifting the, the mindset to be a more positive one where it's, hey, I'm going to invest everything I can into this person and then let's see, you know, what happens in the future. But end of the day, people still have life changes that are going to, you know, put them in a position where they're going to have to either leave, they have to relocate, whatever it may be. Um, especially for growing a family and all the different factors. Um, and so knowing that it is going to happen, hey, let's just make, make the most of our time here together. Yeah, I think it's amazing that when you take that sort of approach to it, this idea of really sort of embracing turnover and, and just expecting it to happen, but but still providing the best guidance you possibly can, being the, the best leader you can be, you're in effect not only reducing turnover for yourself, but every single job that that person has the rest of their lives. If you've done a great job, um, they've seen what great leadership looks like and whether they go off to work in a different industry or they go to college and study something that's completely out of the realm of where they learn this from that impact and influence is still resonating with them all those years later. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, they are guests of that business, whether they work there or not, um, their friends, their family, they are all going to be guests of the brand. Um, and so you want to leave that positive mark. And just imagine being a parent, you know, hearing about this at, you know, a neighborhood barbecue or something where someone else is talking about uh, their children are starting to work at a place and they, they taught them all these business skills and also soft skills, like how to shake hands and talk to people, you know, while looking in their eyes and all these important factors that sometimes aren't aren't taught these days, it's going to start creating a buzz in the community where people are wanting to support that brand and get their you know children or their friends or the family a job with that brand. Um, and end of the day, we're all trying to, you know, get and keep more guests coming back to our businesses more often. And this is a great way to do that. It's a great thought. It, it, it sort of echoes what's going on right now in the public school system, too. You know, everybody's being you know, taught specifically to the test that's coming up, whether it's the ACTs, you know, the SATs, you know, you look at all of these things where it's almost dictated what has to be done. But what they are missing is the stuff that we probably all grew up on. You'd like to have some art, some music, some painting. You'd like to have, you know, being taught, let's say, balancing a checkbook. Maybe it is the social skills of looking people in the eye and, and being able to shake hands and like these things that should be taught probably, I guess now by parents, at least we used to get that in school. If you take that same approach into business and go, 
I'm going to do the absolute best I can to teach them stuff they probably aren't getting anywhere else. And they're going to stick around a little bit longer. And it reminds me, Brian, of what you're participating in this uh, Global Youth Leadership Academy, where you're one of the keynote speakers on there. Explain to people what that is, that, that um, you know, this is something outside the realm. I'm, I'm not sure if it's been yeah. done before for free like this. What What is that? Well, Stu Saunders, who typically runs this conference, the the Global Student Leadership Conference Summit, that's that is uh, takes place every year. Normally has seven or eight hundred. I think uh, is probably a great year for them to have mm-hmm. in in person. But with everything um, sort of in the situation it is, they've moved it to online, and sort of put out a call to the speaking community to say, "Are you willing to invest in these kids?" Uh, and so we've got thirty over thirty. Uh, world-class speakers that uh, have volunteered their time to sow into these kids. And, and now they have over 5,000 students registered for wow. this online conference. But it's the idea, I think, that that if we catch them young mm-hmm. and we teach them what great leadership looks like, what, what, what are the things they really need to be thinking about? What are those things they need to define early on in life um, is only going to make their their ability to make better decisions moving forward that much easier and and i think that that is honestly it's taking the grander picture yeah into view right and that's what i love about this whole thought here with kendall is that he's not just looking at it for his employees he's looking at it to create a better world (laughs) period right yeah and i don't think you can ever go wrong if your larger view is greater than uh, the individual brand, you know, promise or value or goal or whatever that might be. Yeah. So that's great, right. man. Good, good, good job on the, on the stuff that you're doing. And it probably fits in really well with our thought as well. And I know we pulled one from uh, Joe Pa, little Joe Paterno quote. What is our thought that rocks this week, Brant? Yeah, I, I came across this and I thought it was, it, it sort of looks at the same situation from a different perspective. And I loved it. Um, our thought that rocks is this. Thoughts that rock number two. Losing a game is heartbreaking. Losing your sense of excellence or worth is a tragedy. And that is from Joe Paterno, uh, the Penn State uh, football coach for years and years and years. And, you know, I look at that and through the perspective of business, I think this is really a great sort of metaphor for what works, right? So losing a game is heartbreaking. If you lose a valued employee, it can be very heartbreaking, yeah. right? You've invested a lot of time, you've invested a lot of money, and and they are just a, a benefit to the brand. If you lose them, it can be heartbreaking, but losing your sense of excellence or worth is really where the tragedy could end up happening. So if you allow that loss to affect your ability to provide great service, to, to create a great culture within your organization, mm-hmm. then that's the real tragedy because you can always find someone else and train them up um, and replace that heartbreak. It doesn't mean you're not going to still feel bad that they aren't part of the, the organization any longer, but don't allow that to actually tear down the overall culture and goals of the organization, right? right? So we should be looking to dev- constantly, constantly develop new leaders, invest in them in every way that we can because that same sort of embracing turnover mindset is you're going to, you're going to lose them at at some point you're going to lose them. So understand that you can be heartbroken, but don't allow it to actually affect the overall goal and purpose of the brand. 
Yeah, and I'll say this too, um, just to add on to that, you know, you've probably been in an environment where that's happened before. And I clearly remember early on in my management career, we had a guy who basically started the memorabilia industry. I mean, for the most part, the rock and roll memorabilia craze started with this guy named Steve Ruthier. And uh, when I was working at Hard Rock, I just remember everybody revered just his knowledge of music and how he got the stuff. And just, you know, he epitomized the brand flag for for all of us. And the day that he left, we thought exactly that. You know, it was one of those things where we thought this is going to be devastating. And it is, you know, it sucks when you're going to lose somebody. But if, to your point, the company culture is in place, the values, the mission, the infrastructure, if all of that is secure, the brand's going to continue to foster. So... You know, you want more of those flag bearers, but no one person is bigger than the brand. And going all the way back to what you're saying, I, I, I think if you focus on the turnover and you know that's going to occur, that person's still going to be a fan. And everybody else that comes after him or her, they're going to be fans. And you want to be remembered fondly as a as a company, as a company culture. So, Kendall, what do you do when you when you've invested so much time and effort into someone and they end up leaving? How do you how do you take that situation forward, not just for yourself, but for the rest of the organization? It's definitely always tough, right? Um, and I've had this happen recently, where you know I, I spent you know a good five years with somebody, and just it was amazing to watch them grow into the leader they are today. Um, and I just love being a part of that journey. And when, when you see somebody like that leave, um, it's just it's the toughest thing in the world to deal with personally. But at the same time, I couldn't have been more proud. Yeah. And I had to remember that this was the whole mission that we've had, uh, which to invest in these people. And now this person is able to go and take on a whole new career somewhere else. But because of the, the skills and the talent they developed, you know, working with our brand. Mm. And so it's, it's one of those bittersweet moments. Um, but I, I just like to over communicate um, the situation to everybody on the team. Uh, you know, sometimes people take those situations and they want to keep them a little quiet um, and then announce on the very last day and done deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I like to say, OK, uh, if you are 100 percent committed to this, uh, we've talked it through. Then it's time to share with the team. Let's bring them into um, you know, the reasons behind it. Um, let's also talk about and, and just kind of share all the memories over your, your tenure with us of what's been accomplished um, and how you got to where you are now. Um, so I think it should be a very open um, and to a degree a celebrated moment, especially when it's for the right reasons. Yeah, I, um, I love that. I absolutely love that. So, I, you know, I've seen this uh, happen a lot, believe it or not, in the in the church culture. Right. And so, you know, I've had these sorts of experiences and I've watched friends go through the same where, you know, I, I, I in that world you know, you, you want to have what, what is referred to a lot as kingdom vision, mm -hmm. right? And so if the, if you've right. got, if you've got the kingdom vision, then, then, you know, you're on the right path and it has nothing to do necessarily with what you right. are building, um, in your respective area or, or, or church that you might be pastoring or whatever that looks like. But, you know, I had experienced this where you get involved and, and, um, you know, you, you sort of go all in, you go in with both feet and you really buy into, the the entire sort of culture of where you are and you get inspired and you might feel this call to to go off on your own and say you know what I, I feel like i should go do this and whether or not you choose to do it with that particular church and do a church plant under the umbrella of the larger church or you just go off on your own theoretically 
you would hope that they've got kingdom vision mm-hmm. and they just want to support you in whatever way, shape they go, whether or not you do choose to stay within the same denomination or the same umbrella or whatever that looks like. But often what we find is it becomes you know, eating in the prison yard where everybody's trying to protect their, their vegetables. You know what I mean? And it's like, they're trying so hard to not lose somebody because they live off of the ties and the offerings of whoever might be going to their respected uh, church. It's so difficult and hard to watch when you see somebody profess this kingdom vision. And when it happens, it becomes contentious and it becomes this sort of, well, that's fantastic, but don't go, don't start a church within five miles of where we are because, and it's like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> um, and I love that what you just said really is, is the goal, whether you are inside or outside of the religious world. I mean, that should be the idea, which is let's celebrate it. Let's look at this and go, gosh, let's, let's look at your journey. Let's look what brought you here. Let's be so incredibly proud that you've grown this far and let's get behind you and support you in any way we can so that you continue that success success, because whether you like it or not, you're still a reflection of your time here at this brand. (laughs) Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. and it's interesting because so many people think that this this idea is kind of counterintuitive, and, and it is. Um, but it's just about doing the right thing. And again, there's just so much resistance sometimes when it comes to this topic. Um, and you know, like like most people, it's exhausting. You're trying to fight something that you just can't control. So why not again just embrace it yep. and start giving it your all? And you know, these days, uh, especially with the new workforce coming coming on board it's very clear what they're wanting, right? They're wanting that sense of community, mm-hmm. uh, career and cause. Yeah. And you know, that community feeling of knowing they have a group of individuals they know, like, and trust, and they enjoy spending time with who are also there to help them develop, you know, career experiences to help, you know, set up their future, but also to get behind the cause that that organization believes in. Yeah. And, you know, some, sometimes somebody may join a brand and they might leave you after six months to a year and all things might be great. It's just simply they don't align well with the culture of that organization. Yeah. Um, and so they have to go find something a little bit different, um, which that's fine too. Um, so there's just so many different factors that go into it. Um, but I, I just, I think it's very admirable uh, when people, you know, focus on investing their time and resources into the people, uh, knowing that they can be a, a, you know, a great part of their future. Well, I think you're going to find that it probably is counterintuitive to those fearful weak managers, you know, it's the old adage of mm-hmm. what if we develop them and they leave and, you know, the counterpoint is always, what if we don't and they stay. Right. So I think exactly. if you, if you do the things that you're talking about and then also brand, you know, tying it into our thought, you know, losing the person, losing the game, losing whatever that initiative was, it's not the end of the game. I mean, there's right. a ton of people that scream these days at the top of their lungs that failure is not the end of the game. You fail forward, fail, what do they say, magnificently, yeah. go and, and, and do it big and learn from it and make sure that you can apply it so that you can win next time. If if for sure you're doing the same thing over and over, making the same mistakes, you never learn from it, that's a different issue. But I think, again, kind of goes back to the stuff that you talk about, which is if your values are secure, these small, small or big, it doesn't really matter to me. If you've got a failure out there, it's not going to deter you from your mission or your purpose. And in you know, in Kendall's mind, and I think if, if more leaders thought like this, we would be out there perpetuating a bunch of promotable giants around you. And 
they're going to forever point back to you or the brand or whatever it is that uh, was the root of all that. I think it's great. Yeah. I, you know, I love this in my head, Kendall, when you sort of described what you, you call the team in and you, you sort of tell them and, and you're very open and transparent about what's happening. You know, uh, years back, several years back, my oldest son, uh, we spent about 263 straight days in the hospital with him battling cancer. And, um, you oh know, gosh, wow. we, we got to the end of, of this where he beat, he beats it. Right. And so it's amazing. And we've lived in the hospital for the better part of a year and what they do when you sort of have your last treatment, when you are ready to, to get out of the, the pediatric oncology ward, um, all of the nurses who have treated you, all of the hospital staff, all of your fellow patients who have sort of fought the battle with you, they line up down the hallway on both sides. Awesome. And and you walk down this hallway, and at the very end of the hallway is this bell that you ring to say that you've completed that journey. And it is the most powerful experience to walk through that I will never forget the expression on my son's face when he got to the end to ring that bell. And that's oh, wow. that's really what you're doing. <laughs> you are honoring the journey. You are You are allowing someone that has been in the battle with you to just take that next chapter in their life. And, and I love that that is what you're doing because I promise you they will never forget what that experience is and they will take that with them wherever they are. And when they're a leader of a, a position of power, some 20, 30 years later, they're going to look mm -hmm. back to what you did and say, this is, this had a massive profound effect on me. And, um, it, this is how we're going to continue to do it. We're going to honor that journey and allow it to move forward. For sure. For sure. And it's definitely the goal. And that, that remind, you, the thought you shared reminded me of something that um, you know, a buddy of mine, Randy Ross, and I were talking about, you know, which is this whole idea that you know, a lot of businesses spend time uh, describing what it is they want from their people. Um, yeah. But rarely do we start thinking about what it is we want for our people. Mm. And it kind of ties all this together, just saying, saying, OK, yes, we have expectations for our brand. However, we also have expectations for you and for what we're going to do for you. Yeah. That Randy Ross is a smart dude, isn't he? Yes. <laughs> He's been on the oh, show yeah. before. He was he was really good. We had a lot of fun with him as well. Hey, man, I know you're not only doing stuff, obviously, with uh, Orange Leaf Frozen Yogurt, and we mentioned Humble Donut Company and Old School Bagel. You can talk about those if you want to, but I also know you're – you do a lot of speaking. Um, I've obviously seen you at Chart, but also at the Restaurant Association, and I think with uh, probably IFA as well. Is, is that sort of? Are you doing these sort of on the side to to put eyeballs on the brands, or is that just a love that that you like doing? Is just uh, teaching other people in groups. Um, it's a little bit of both, but I enjoy um, just sharing. You know, all the lessons that I've learned along the way. You know, I started off very, very young in this industry and fell in love with it very quickly. Um, and from that, you know, I, I just learning so much. And, you know, I, I made the decision to not go to college because of all the you know, resources and the learnings that I was getting from the industry. And luckily, you know, the owners of Genghis Grill, you know, back when they had six locations, um, I started working at their seventh as a server. And, you know, 18 years old, not really <laughs> sure of what I was doing with my life yet or career. And um, they signed their first franchise agreement, which at the time I had no idea what that meant. But um, they said, hey, we want you to go open up a first franchise store. And that was when I was 19. And from there, you know, I opened up 105 Genghis Grills nice. um, 
you know, over the course of a, you know, five year period. Wow. And that became my, my life. And, and along that way, they, they offered to pay for college and secure me a role when I come back um, or stay and they'll teach me everything they know. And, you know, I decided to stay. Um, and it was the best, but also the scariest decision I ever made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, just, I love sharing, you know, just things that I learned uh, from all the different businesses that I've worked with, all the franchisees that I get to learn from. Um, yeah, I love going around just speaking and sharing, um, you know, relevant topics. Um, and also just answering the, the questions that, that people have that sometimes they just don't have a person ask. Yeah. Uh, so I like to keep it very open and fluid and, and just be a resource. Well, you do it well, man. I, I've watched you on stage and, uh, boy, you just, you really can hold an audience and it just comes across really professional, but also fun. And, uh, you know, I, I love watching you on that journey real quick before we wrap up here. What is a humble donut company? I know I'm pretty sure. interested in that. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, let's make everybody Donuts. hungry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, let's say mid 2018, you know, I had several franchisees of Orange Leaf uh, reminding me how big our locations actually were and putting a lot of pressure on us to offer or allow them to do some sort of co-brand. And I had a lot of crazy ideas like soups and salads and pizza. And although all ideas are great ideas, we reviewed them and it just didn't make sense to allow something like that to be mixed with the Orange Leaf brand. And so it just didn't pair well. So we decided to create something ourselves and say, okay, let's go ahead and create a whole new brand that our franchisees can utilize as a co-brand opportunity, but also something that we can franchise separately. Um, And so we went after this idea of Humble Donut Co., which is all about mini donuts and coffee. Mm -hmm. So Humble kind of being a little tongue in cheek saying, hey, you know, we're very humble about our our donuts because they're so small. and so it's just more of a, 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 you know, funny play on words there. But, um, you know, we wanted to create something that not only paired well with the brand, but we also wanted it uh, to share a lot of the same uh, inventory items. So if you look at the toppings, the syrups and all that, the fruits even, all that can be mixed and matched with Froyo or mini donuts. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also wanted to just offset some of those fixed expenses, um, especially for our larger location that opened up, you know, 10 years ago. Uh, where that was a thing, right? Prior to mobile delivery and, you know, curbside and all these different factors, people wanted to go and sit down and enjoy a product. But for, for the frozen yogurt industry specifically, that kind of changed over the years. And especially now where people want to come in, get what they want and go. Um, and so we have to adapt for that. So instead of having, you know, square footage uh, being taken up by seats, we wanted to maximize it with revenue opportunities, therefore create this co-brand solution. Smart. Love it. That's great. Um, yeah. So, so we, you know, we have almost 20 of those operating now um, and we have more down the, you know, coming down the pipeline. Some things were put on hold obviously during these uh, yeah, tough sure. times, but uh, they'll all kick back up soon. So that was the first uh, little venture out, um, you know, really looking at Orange Leaf first and foremost to see how we can best support the franchisees and provide new growth opportunities. But it also started getting us thinking about how we can utilize our resources and all of our partnerships and actually offer them to other brands as well and start to create this shared service model, um, which leads to Old School Bagel. Yeah. Um, so, so Old School Bagel is a 11-year-old concept uh, based out of Oklahoma City, and they had 10 units. And they are, they are the brand that Oklahoma City knows <laughs> and Tulsa. Uh, cult following, um, high average unit volumes a very attractive model, 
Um, however, it's always been family owned and they just never made that decision to franchise or really grow outside their, their own, you know, homes. And so I started getting eyes on the brand a few years back. Um, I was a guest of the brand. So were several people on my team and everybody talked about it. It was just a, such a delicious product because they actually, uh, flash boil the, the bagels in water, just like they do in New York city. So mm. it's a true, you know, New York style bagel that you can't really find in many places these days. Yeah. Um, so after talking and, you know, sharing the vision, we, uh, ended up creating a partnership where essentially we converted their existing stores or existing restaurants over to franchise locations. Um, and they created a new franchise company to start growing the brand through. Um, and so we had just uh, finished that acquisition in December of last year and started franchising uh, in January. Uh, so just getting started on the brand, but um, a lot of interest and a lot of opportunities that are coming up soon. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Well, I would love to check it out. For brand, unfortunately, it's not probably keto-friendly on either of those brands. Oh, who cares? <laughs> He's you moved on to intermittent fasting now. I'm like, let's see. Coffee, donuts, and frozen yogurt. Uh, and bagels. I just need to put a cot down in the in the lobby. All the important food groups. That's, That's exactly right. Well, we'll obviously uh, drive people to all three of those websites, all three brands. How can people get a hold of you personally if they just want to find out more or connect with you? Sure. Yeah. Happy to, uh, you know, uh, reach out to me on, uh, uh, sorry, <laughs> uh, I'll go backwards a little bit. Yep. Um, yeah, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn at Kindle Wear. Um, I'm also on Instagram, Kindle Wear 87. Um, but I'm on all the other platforms. You can find me pretty easily. And then if you need to email me directly, you can email me at kware at orangeleafyogurt.com. Nice. Um, yeah. Happy to discuss anything with anyone uh, and look forward to him- hearing from you all. Perfect. Dude, you're great, man. And we really appreciate you taking some time. And once again, I know with our, uh, you know, we're not able to get together in some conference stuff, but that's going to come back soon. I look forward to connecting with you down the road, man. You're a rock star. So thanks a lot. We thanks, really brother. appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Thank you both so much. I appreciate the kind words and thanks for giving me this opportunity. You got it, brother. Rock on. Hey, rock stars. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. Yeah, and if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, we both used to be exclusively represented by Kepler speakers. But now it's just me. Brant is on his own. So to hire Brant, good luck getting a hold of him. For me or both of us, contact us directly at thoughtsthatrock.com. Until next time, rock rock on. on!